0: The reading is Exodus, chapter 32, verses one to 14. When the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, come, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. Aaron answered them, Take off the gold earrings that your wives, your sons and your daughters are wearing, and bring them to me. So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. He took what they handed him and made it into an idol cast in the shape of a calf, fashioning it with a tool. Then they said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar in front of the calf and announced, Tomorrow there will be a festival to the Lord. So the next day, the people rose early and sacrificed burnt offerings and presented fellowship offerings. Afterwards, they sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. Then the Lord said to Moses, go down because your people whom you brought up out of Egypt have become corrupt. They have been quick to turn away from what I commanded them and have made themselves an idle cast in the shape of a calf. They have bowed down to it and sacrificed to it and have said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. I have seen these people, the Lord said to Moses, and they are a stiff-necked people. Now leave me alone so that my anger may burn against them and that I may destroy them then I will make you into a great nation. But Moses sought the favor of the Lord his God. O Lord, he said, why should your anger burn against your people whom you brought up out of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say it was with evil intent that he brought them out, to kill them in the mountains and to wipe them off the face of the earth. Turn from your fierce anger, relent and do not bring disaster on your people. Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac and Israel to whom you swore by your own self, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. And I will give your descendants all this land I promised them, and it will be their inheritance forever. Then the Lord relented, and did not bring on his people the disaster he had threatened. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God.
1: The second reading is from Paul's second letter to Timothy, chapter two. Remember Jesus Christ raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel for which I am suffering even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's word is not chained. Therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Here is a trustworthy saying, if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will also disown us. If we are faithless, he will remain faithful. For he cannot disown himself. This is the word of the Lord.
2: So let's pray as we come to seek to understand God's word for us today. Father, we thank you that your Holy Spirit inspired your word and those who wrote it. We pray that by your spirit you will open your word to our hearts and our hearts to your word that we may indeed be a faithful people to you, to our saviour Jesus Christ through the indwelling and the empowering of your Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, we um, continue in our theme of living courageously as part of our ongoing vision as a church. And um, we are continuing in the life of Moses. And I just want to look at um, what we've covered, the territory we've covered so far in the last month or so. Four weeks ago, we looked at holding on to God's promises of release and freedom and of the promised land. And then Norman um, spoke to us about the rescue from Egypt the Passover, the journey, the triumph of the passing through the Red Sea and the destruction of the Egyptians, and that God is with us in our journey. Mike then spoke to us about the desert experience, being in the wild, in the wilderness, and God's provision of manna, modest but sufficient, and reminding us that God provides. I'm not sure whether the 9 o'clock service you did all those boxes, Mike, did you? But you did at 10.30, you loaded up boxes onto um, a good friend, Tom. Yeah, you did at the 9 o'clock as well. Well, the bounty of God's provision actually overflowing. And then um, last week, the Archdeacon Paul Davies uh, spoke to us about Ten Commandments with some very insightful questions for us to reflect on, on each one. And today it seems from the reading that Maggie brought us that um, the Israelites have almost forgotten all those blessings... So many, and um, they wanted an image to worship. They wanted something else to pray to. They did not stay faithful. And I wonder if that happens to us sometimes. I think it's a real challenge to us, isn't it? That we're tempted sometimes to put our confidence in something other than God himself. We lose patience where prayers don't seem to be answered and we ask the question, where is God in what is going on in my life or in the world around us? And do we stay faithful? Or are we tempted to put our confidence elsewhere to find security in our homes, in our possessions, in our savings, in pleasure, in family or friends, which are all very good, but... It's always possible to fall into hopelessness, isn't it? To loneliness, to despair, and perhaps ill health. How can this happen to the Israelites and to us, not staying faithful, when God says, trust me? In the first letter to Timothy, Paul writes, Don't put your hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but put your hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment but our hope is still to be in God and the Israelites did not stay faithful so what went wrong what are the steps that can so easily lead to not staying faithful so I want to look at these and following the way in which this happened in the narrative here and what can so easily happen to us so the first one uh, we look at the first slide which is about staying faithful hopefully they're going to work which they didn't four weeks ago (laughs) you got them there the first slide in the sermon we looked at it just now ah well (laughs) the the one <laughs> the, the first slide actually is just the generic one about staying faithful uh, and, and living courageously there we go he's got it that's the first one that's our theme right living courageously staying faithful let's go on to the second slide because the first step that happens is delay now i've given you a picture here of our wonderful tortoise that we had for 34 years until the fox got him seven years ago um, but, you know, things happen slowly sometimes. God seems to be slow. And um, here, the first thing that happens is delay. And you see there tortoise, and he's actually got a snail on his back, which is why took, this is the last picture I took him. I was so intrigued, the fact that a slow snail had got onto a slow tortoise. <laughs> and, um, yeah, 34 years, it was so sad when he went. But anyway, there we go. I thought you would like to see a picture of him. He gave me a good excuse to find it and put it on the screen. Delay is something that can happen to us, and we find it here in um, in the narrative that we 've read when the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down the mountain, and you know what they had forgotten the promises that they 'd so recently had now i 'm going to show you. Uh, Five of the slides I had for last time when I, was speak, when I was speaking about hold on promises of God because just to remind us of the promises, they'd forgotten. So here they come. They'd promised that they were going to be rescued. I mean, Lucy Vitali found these wonderful pictures for me. I couldn't resist showing them to you. They were going to be rescued. Their chains would fall off. He said, I've come to bring you out of the land of Egypt. second one was they were going to find freedom. I'm going to make you a free people. And they would be really pleased about freedom. It's all just all there in Exodus 6. The third one was redemption. Not just freedom from slavery, but new ownership. Redemption is about being brought into a new relationship with God. And here's a welcome into a new relationship of redemption that we have. The next one is relationship. You will be my people and I will be your God. So together we are the people of God. We have a new relationship with one another and with God. They were promised that. And the... Final one that they were promised is, I'm going to bring you into a land that flows with milk and honey, a wonderful promised land, a great vision for their future. So, they are the five promises that were there in Exodus six, and some of these, thank you, uh, thank you very much, Barry. Some had already been fulfilled; they'd already had the rescue; they'd already come into freedom. And they had been redeemed as they sheltered beneath the blood of the Lamb at the Passover. They were redeemed and brought into a new ownership and became the people of God. And they were in the process of that relationship with God growing and developing as they moved on in their journey. You would have thought that these triumphs and the way in which God had fulfilled these promises and kept them Uh, the promises of rescue and of freedom and of redemption, of being God's people would have increased and strengthened their faith. But no, they grumbled because of the delay as we've heard from Mike two weeks ago. They, They grumbled. And what happened? Well, Moses had gone up the mountain, Mount Sinai and received the Ten Commandments which we looked at last week but he was slow in coming down. That's what it says here. And so there was this delay. He seemed to have disappeared. When they saw that he was so long coming down the mountain. So it's this for us. We sometimes wait for God to answer our prayers it can seem so long. Days, weeks, months, or even years. And some of you may have been praying for years about something, or about someone, perhaps a close friend or someone in your family, been praying for them for years. And You appear not to have had any answer. There's been a long delay. Isn't that true? The best book I can recommend to you when we find that um, there is this long delay and God seems to be silent and not answering our prayers is Pete Gregg's book, God on Mute. I was going to bring you our copy and hold it up for you. Some of you would have read it, but we've lent it to somebody. We can't remember who it is. (laughs) Um, and um, so we're on mute on that but anyway um, it is a a wonderful book so if you haven't come across it and you're in that state there's delay and you don't know where's God in this read God on mute by Pete Grigg recognise the reality of it and it can so easily lead on to the next thing As it did for the Israelites, which is the next D. I've got Ds for you today as it happens. They just fell out of the page to me. The next one is doubt. They began to wonder and to question. Verse 1, as for this fellow Moses, we don't know what's happened to him. We don't know. Where is he? We're wondering. They're questioning. Their faith in Moses, their faith in God, just seemed to go and disappear. Just like Moses seemed to have disappeared. This can happen to us. Our faith can be shaken. And perhaps we put too much faith in a person or in a leader or a family or a friend. We can switch that off now, thank you. It's gone pear-shaped and we've lost our faith in God and what he has said and we have doubted and had questions in our minds. The combination of delay And perhaps looking to Moses rather than God led to their serious doubt. They're all about where's Moses got to? And maybe when we've experienced long delays in God's answering for us, it's the people that we trusted and might trust who have somehow not been there for us or even let us down. They've gone like Moses disappeared. And so we doubt, we wonder what's going on. The questions remain, and we are impatient or we're wondering, and that can lead to lapse and loss of faith. And then what? What happened to them? Doubt led on to the next D disobedience. What a graphic narrative this is! All the gold and the earrings that Aaron asked for they had loads of it they'd been given so much by the Israelites when the Israelites sent them off after the firstborn had died and all those plagues but culminating in the death of their firstborn sons and daughters and they just wanted the Israelites to go so they didn't give them a golden hello they gave them a golden goodbye and um, there we are now Aaron should have known better look at that picture that looks rather a big calf to me but there you go but it's a great picture isn't it Aaron should have known better he did not stay faithful but was very weak despite having been with Moses confronting Pharaoh and being Moses mouthpiece so often in that role despite experiencing God's faithfulness In fulfilling his promises and in the liberation and redemption that there was from the uh, slavery in Egypt, despite the Passover and the escape, the crossing of the Red Sea, the feeding of the manna, the victory over the Egyptians, Aaron fell and disobeyed. And he was a leader. And leaders are not infallible. And we see that in the Christian world today when we're encouraged to stay faithful. Leaders don't always do so. We get the uh, Christianity magazine, which is an extremely good magazine if you don't get it. March 2020, this latest issue, the first paragraph in the editorial by a very good editor. who have got Sam Hales. I'm going to read it to you. I'm not sure how it happened, but the other day I found myself watching a YouTube video from 10 years ago. In the clip, seven then prominent church leaders debated theology and leadership. The occasionally combative nature of their discussions made for entertaining and thought-provoking viewing. But then it hit me. Of the seven leaders featured, four of them have been dismissed from their churches in the decade since the video was released. The reasons ranged from financial misconduct to alcoholism and bullying to cover-ups. I was shocked to realize that most of these leaders whom I had held in such high esteem had been caught in moral failure. Isn't that a salutary warning to all of us? And it happened With Aaron. He got them to give them their gold. He made the golden calf. And the people said, These are your gods who brought you up out of Egypt. Completely forgetting God. Now, Aaron didn't forget God completely because we're then told Aaron built an altar there, it was in the reading, and announced, Tomorrow there will be a festival to the Lord, the Lord Yahweh, Jehovah. The Lord. So here was a, an early example of syncretism. Our God is just one among many. There was a semblance of faithfulness that Aaron was saying. He was saying, Yes, all right, you, the gods, the, the golden calf and the gods, these are your gods You brought us out of Egypt. But we'll still remember that actually Jehovah, Yahweh, is the God who did it, so we'll, have an, uh, we'll also have a festival for him too. And you know, that's a challenge for us, I think, the semblance of faithfulness. Do we sometimes pay lip service to God, but our hearts, our trust, our priorities are elsewhere? They become idols to us. And when, as we heard last week, you shall have no other gods before me, They weren't staying faithful, whereas that commandment is that we should stay faithful. It is a searching question for us. Do we have idols alongside God? Not dismissing God, but trying to keep it there with the other things that we're trusting in. It's a challenge for me, for all of us. What about our ambitions? These idols, our ambitions, our pleasures, our possessions, our money and savings in the bank? our leisure pursuits. None of these things are wrong in themselves. We must remember, keep it in balance, God has given us all things richly to enjoy, but to not to take his place in our trust and in our faith. We're to stay faithful to him. You will know your own heart. You will know... Those things where sometimes you are tempted to put your trust in them, and to put that before or alongside your trust in God. Pam and I read in the mornings um, this book by Tim Keller. We read and then pray every day for breakfast time. And um, this, this book, through the year with Tim Keller, is a daily portions in the Psalms. It goes right through the Psalms, a bit of it right through the whole lot in a year and so it's not too much to digest but just this morning there was this sentence about righteousness is no guarantee of prosperity it is possible to be faithful and hard-working and end with little yet riches can erode quickly and can't help you in the next life so only God himself and his unfailing love for you are investments that never lose their value. That was the phrase that struck us, actually. Only God himself and his unfailing love for you are investments that never lose their value. And when we read that this morning, I said, let's let's share that with all of you. It's a great sentence, isn't it? They are the investments that never lose their value. Stay faithful to God, therefore. So God saw the Israelites and God told Moses that he was angry and said he would destroy them, as Maggie read to us. But he would make Moses a great nation. Thankfully for the Israelites and for us, the story does not end there. The Lord relented and did not bring on his people the disaster that he had threatened. So we've seen the progress of this loss of faith and not staying faithful. It started with a delay for us, a delay in perhaps God answering our prayers. Then that led to doubt and that led to disobedience. But the fourth D coming up is something to encourage us. Here it comes, deliverance. Now you see the picture I put with that? How did the deliverance happen? What was the secret? What was the key to God changing his mind, if you like? And the answer is, it is prayer. It is prayer. And what a prayer Moses prayed. It is prayer for ourselves and is prayer for someone else. And that's why I've got this picture. Just a prayer for somebody can make all the difference and can bring deliverance from whatever is troubling them what a prayer Moses prayed this is it Moses sought the favor of the Lord his God he said why should your anger burn against your people whom you brought out of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand why should the Egyptians say it was with the evil intent he brought them out to kill them in the mountains to wipe them off the face of the earth Turn from your fear of anger, relent, and do not bring disaster on your people. And now the next verse, I hope, will come up on the screen. Here it comes: I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and I will give your descendants all this land I promised them, and it will be their inheritance forever. Do you know the key? One of the great keys to prayer that Moses pleads here is he reminds God of His promise. He reminds God of his promises. It goes back to what I was saying four weeks ago. Hold on to the promises of God for yourself and for others. And God is always true to his promises. When we pray, God hears. And there is still, yes, a judgment to come, as it was for the Israelites. Moses confronted Aaron when he came down from the mountain. He broke the tablets of the stone of the law ground them to powder, mixed it with water and made the people drink it and then there were some deaths and there was a plague and then verses 31 to 32 which I hope will come up on the screen and then Moses went back, he prayed again persistence prayer he went back to the Lord and said oh what a great sin these people have committed they have made themselves gods of gold but now please forgive their sin but if not then blot me out of the book you have written. There's Moses interceding for the people. And that's what we can do. As we seek to stay faithful, to pray for ourselves and for one another in our groups and whoever we know who's ever going through it, we can pray that God will be faithful to his promises for us and for them through all the ups and downs god was faithful he led he then he continued to lead and feed and refresh the people and eventually they came to the land of promise and for us too in our journey we can be encouraged and we are encouraged to avoid bad examples of doubt such as we have here bad examples of disobedience but to stay faithful holding on to god's promises especially in our prayers as we pray for ourselves and for one another. And in the checkered lives we lead, we have the power of prayer. We can stay faithful, upheld and strengthened by the unfailing love and faithfulness of God himself. There's a wonderful promise in Isaiah. He says, I have made you. I will not forget you. Right? He says that to each one of you and to me. I have made you. I will not forget you. Now I'm going to close with the reading that Pam brought, the last verse. That's going to come up on the screen from Timothy. You might wonder, why do I have that reading? There's Paul in prison, going through tough times. And he might have wondered, where was God? Here is a trustworthy saying, if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will also disown us. If we are, f- but, right, there's also, there is judgment when we disown him as the Israelites found. But if we are faithless, he remains faithful for he cannot disown himself. Or some versions, he cannot deny himself. His character is to be faithful. Our character so often is to be faithless, but we're encouraged this morning to stay faithful and to remember that God himself is always faithful. He cannot be faithless. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. Isn't that a great promise for us this morning? He he remains faithful. And Hudson Taylor, I've mentioned this before, Great saying of Hudson Taylor, when we really find our faith is weak, we don't have to stir ourselves up to have great faith and strong faith. He said, hold on to the faithfulness of God. All we've got to do is hold on to the faithfulness of God, knowing that he holds us in his arms as well. Stay faithful. Amen.